Welcome to the Leadership Podcast with Pastor Sam Carr. Here you'll learn godly principles and real-world techniques for leading effectively. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Sam Carr. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad you're with us today, and I've got a special friend with me today, and I say that sincerely, Pastor Frank Bailey from uh, Victory Fellowship in New Orleans. Frank, good to have you today. Glad to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, excited about being able to uh, to visit with you. We had a wonderful church service. He ministered Wednesday night, and it was just, man, it was great. We had a great time, and and so I asked him to stay over and do these podcasts and 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 so he could be a blessing to you. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to Frank about and actually kind of let him expound a little bit on, because one of the things that as a leader you have got to do is be ready for change. Uh, I watch so many ministers who live and die in the same vein of ministry that they started, even though God is speaking to do more or take a step in a different direction they are comfortable with that direction, uh, and so they're not willing to actually move with God. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm not trying to be critical of anybody or point a finger, but I mean, hey, I've been doing this over 40 years, and I, I've watched it, and I've seen, I've seen the decline in ministry would be the best way to put it, the decline in ministry of someone who's not willing to change. Uh, they, they, it's almost like they get to a certain age or length of time in the ministry and it's over because they haven't changed. Yep. Um, one of my mentors was Dr. Lester Sumrall and, uh, and he ingrained in me just from listening to him about not move, missing a move of God. And I, I was always impressed with that. He said, I've never m- missed a move of God since I've been in the ministry. And that was over 50 years uh, because he said, I told God, I want to be a part of whatever you're doing. And if I have to chase it to get it, I'm going to get it. But I'm not going to sit back and say, well, we're better or this was better back then when right. God's doing something new. Right. That happened to you yeah. in, in really in a major way. And actually to me, too. It, 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 we both were kind of in the same boat. But it really um, dramatically changed your ministry from when you began, because you were, um, your, your church has always been strong, but your focus uh, for many years were small groups, cell yeah. groups, and um, and then God did some radical things in your life, and you made a bold adjustment there. Just tell tell us a little bit about that, what you were doing, and and that change, and and how that how that worked. Yeah, well, you know. I got, long story short, I got saved in the Jesus movement and um, became heavily influenced, in, you know, through the Word of Faith movement and then ultimately Dr. Cho. I became part of Dr. Cho's um, board in 1984 and um, went there for many, many years ago, going to, to Seoul, Korea to, to study church growth, to watch and observe. And and I became engrossed in the small group ministry. Right. Which and hit was... It's awesome. You know? Unbelievable yeah, yeah, what he what yeah, he accomplished. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I still have nothing but good to say about sure. it. Sure. Um, but what happened for me is I feel, you know, looking back at everything, I feel like I was just emulating, really, what other people were doing. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I have to say, it really wasn't authentically my ministry. Right, right. And... Um, 
uh, you know, 1994, like many people, that was a, a pivotal date in my life. Yeah, I experienced a, a major touch from yeah. the Holy Spirit um, in a in a deeper way than I'd ever experienced. You know, I'd been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in 1973 and was part of, you know, a Pentecostal um, movement for those all those first years of my ministry, but not to the depths that I experienced yeah. in 1994. And when I was touched in 1994, it... it um, I was I was shaken. I was really profoundly shaken, challenged. Uh, my theology was challenged. My my v- vision of the church was challenged. And um, but at, at the end of the day, I think the way I'd have to define it the most is I had a new first love relationship with the Lord, and right. I, and, um, and I wanted to begin to let my experience of Christ begin to pour out of me and and be expressed in our ministry. Right. And so we began to just to flow in a different way. We began to have um, extended services. We began to focus more on worship, began to yeah. spend more time in His presence, right. began to spend more time ministering to people individually, mm-hmm. and um, uh, just letting the Holy Spirit lead us in, um, in, in so many different ways. And, you know, I was thinking, you were talking about um, Lester Sumrall and the influence that he had on your life, and, and me in a similar way. There was, a, there was another individual that affected me in the same way, and that was Dick Mills. Uh-huh. Um, some of you may have heard of him. Dick has a unique history. His grandmother was baptized in the Holy Spirit in Azusa Street. His mom was the pianist for Amy Simple McPherson. Isn't that amazing. And he attended Amy's sister Amy's church back in the back in the day. Yeah. And um, so, and, and Dick became involved in that whole Pentecostal flow. But then he began to ride the wave after wave from the Pentecostal wave to the healing revival, exactly. to the latter rain, right. to the charismatic renewal, to the word of faith, yeah. to the river outpouring. And I just watched, you know, he was, again, one of my heroes, one of my mentors, and I watched the way he was able to to ride exactly. each significant wave. Isn't that amazing? And um, I wanted that too, yeah. you know? So I felt like when, when the Holy Spirit began to move in my life in 1994, I said, Lord, you know, come, come and, and touch our church. And, and move in our church in a new, in a fresh yeah. way. Now, Frank, and I'm going to say this because you probably wouldn't. It wasn't a lightweight thing that happened to you. Oh no, God turned you upside down. I now would... He touched me and changed my direction, but it wasn't into anywhere near the way He 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 touched you. I mean, yeah. it's like He He took all of the wrappers off. Yeah, you know. That that you had on, and 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 this is not a negative, and I'm certainly not trying to be critical because it you were doing a great job, but like you said, you were doing what someone else was doing, yeah, and it was successful. It was very successful, and and I, I try to talk to pastors about this all the time because they they want to know well what are you doing? Well, why are you doing this? How is it? it is it successful? How do you get that success? I said, you don't copy somebody. You've got to find out what God wants for you and your church. Yeah. You and I probably were copies for way too long. Yeah, I, I, you know, I yeah, definitely, I was for and, sure. And I was too, to a large degree, and dependent upon other leaders for my to influence me for what I was supposed yeah. to do. Right. And... Um, but again, 1994 was a pivotal year for both of us, and um, uh, it literally—I guess—you shed all of those clothes. Yeah, well, you know, I guess you know the the depths of the touch of God in your life is going to be is to determine how much you're affected. You know, you said how how, how I was affected. Yeah. My my wife 
was pretty observant of what took place. <laughs> and uh, for those first 30 days after, after that initial touch in right. my life, she was, bl- she was blown away what yeah. was going on. I woke her up night after night after night laughing in my sleep. Isn't that amazing? And she, you know, she couldn't believe the, the transformation because she used to you ask her, I was the most intense person she knew. Yeah, I was yeah. intense. I was driven. And now a whole new intimacy, sensitivity, joy, and joy, yeah. you know, peace, satisfaction, yeah. contentment. And um, I, I remember the Lord asking me the question, this question. He said, if your past ministry, if that was it, if you, if I'm finished using you and you never see any other so-called accomplishments in the kingdom of God, am I enough for you? Can you be satisfied with me wow. without anything? That was the question he asked me mm. in 1994. Mm. And when I, when, I, when I could honestly answer that question, yes, yeah. I think I became the most dangerous person around. Yeah. Because it, you didn't care. I didn't care anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. The fear of man, the fear of failure, yeah. it was gone now. And yeah. um, you know, that, it was a big relief. But Frank, here's the thing that, that, that happened in your church. It also turned your church upside down. It did. Because a lot of people that w- were leaders in your church... They couldn't hang with it. They couldn't hang with no, it. We, it, it. No, our church, we lost a lot of people. We gained yeah. a lot of people. It, it turned things upside yeah. down. Yeah. Several significant churches started as a result of it. And I had to deal with that in my heart. And right. at the end of the day, I had to come to the conclusion it was it was the work of the Lord. Sure. Because there were different types of churches that yeah. were being birthed. It couldn't relate to what God was doing now sure. in our house. Right. Our house was changed. Right. And, you know. And so the, the, the greatest temptation for a leader is let the people control how you lead. Yeah. And I watched you, and you were not willing to allow that to happen because I know the pressure that was put on you by those who were involved with you, yeah. uh, leaders in your church, that this is going to go nowhere. You're you're messing up. You're yeah. going to miss. You know you're going to uh, you're you're going to miss out, or you're not going to do what you're supposed to do. And 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 but you have to be as a leader bold enough to say no. I know what God's called me to do. Exactly. You know, the, and it wasn't just inside my church. It was also from the outside, from from people that I respected. Other ministers and ministries were putting even more pressure on me. To conf- you know, and to and conform, to conform, yeah, that's and and that I was going to destroy my life, going to destroy my church, and, right? Um, you know, I had to, I had to know that I know that I know yes. that I'd heard from God. I tell you, during that season, and again, God touched me in a different way, but yet in the same way, because it ended up at the same place. Because again, the desire for more of Him, the desire to walk closer to Him, the the power of worship, and all of the same elements, you know, were there. But I'll never forget, um, I, I was a part of a group, and I don't want to mention the group or anything about that. They're great, great men. I'm not critical of them at all. But I'll never forget, I was walking across the parking lot from our office building uh, to our church facility, and the Lord spoke to me clearly and said, you're going to have to separate yourself from these people. Had no idea why. But once the Spirit of God and the whole started falling, the Holy Spirit started falling, and we started recognizing the power and the impact of if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And, <laughs> and, and yep. all of a sudden, I realized I could not have done that with that same group of people. Right. And uh, frankly, they were some of them were were, were pretty critical. Yeah. You know they were, and so I understand what you're saying. They. They they thought they thought 
hey, you got a great church, you're doing doing good, why mess it up? Yeah. But it's not an institution. Yeah. It's an organism. Yeah. Organisms grow. I never forget Dr. Summer, I'll bring him back up again. Um because I asked him one time, I said, Dr. Summerall, I don't understand why people leave a church. They're, they're, one minute they're doing good, the next minute they're gone. I don't understand it. And, and I'll never forget what he said. It was so blunt. He said, Live, a church is a living organism, and living organisms give off waste. Yeah. Wow. That was shocking. <laughs> Now, I didn't even say another word. No. I didn't want to expound on it. I didn't want no. to, you know, and that doesn't mean that that waste was not good somewhere else. But for us, it would be toxic. Yeah, toxic. So uh, some of the people that left and some of the leaders that left, it was good for you because you didn't have to depend on them anymore. It was also good for them. Yeah. But others, and this is what I wanted to bring out, others who resisted the Holy Spirit ended up totally out of the will of God, totally out of the ministry, out of serving God, yeah. because they were really, in essence, doing what Stephen told uh, the Pharisees. You know, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we have to we have to remember the church. Is 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 God's house? It's His habitation. Exactly. It's not. It's not an institution like you were exactly. saying. Exactly. And it's not a cookie cutter. Exactly. And just you know, we can't just go out and say, well, everybody's got to start a children's ministry right. and start a school and start exactly. a Bible college and yeah. you know, all of that because you know, it's that's just not the way it works. Yeah, it, it has to be organic. It, it has to be supernatural. That's the key. It's got to be organic. It's got to be supernatural. And um, and I mean, you've done an amazing job. Uh, with that, and, and your church is transformed. It's it's not the same, but that's not bad. Yeah. You know, it's what God ordains you to do, and yeah. and the same with us ordained us to do. And obviously, you can always do better, but still, you know, you're yeah. in the right flow yeah. of God and what yeah. God wants for your life. Yeah. yeah, you know, right now, I'd you know, just I guess it has to be this way. I'm sure you could say the same thing about your church. I I love my church. More than any other oh, place in the world, yeah, I'd rather absolutely. be there. Absolutely, you know, I, I love what God's doing yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely, know, it's a very powerful place. And, yeah, and um, and I'm just happy to be part yeah, of it. You yeah, know? Amen. I, I I agree with you 100. percent Hey, our time is gone for today, and um, I, I want to remind you again: uh, uh, if you are a minister, or even if you're just a layman listening to the podcast today, we are having our annual Freedom Crusade that's coming up uh, over the Fourth of July. Uh, you can go on our website, wordoflifecenter.org, and find out all of the details. But we'd like to invite you to come and be a part of this powerful time. Listen, it is a time where we just say, Holy Spirit, go. We're open. Whatever you say, whatever you want to do. We worship. We pray for the sick. We just see God do amazing things during this time. Also, if you are a minister, we have a minister's meeting on July the 4th during the day and on July the 5th. And again, you can go online, wordoflifecenter.org, and get all the information you need from that. So glad you were with us today. Thank you, Pastor Bailey, for being with me. And uh, we're going to hook up again for another podcast or two. So uh, just stay tuned. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. The Leadership Podcast is part of Word of Life Ministries in Shreveport, Louisiana. 
You can connect with Pastor Carr or Word of Life Ministries on our Facebook, Twitter, or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.